Daniel, Daniel in English means God is my judge. It's interesting to see that the empire that destroyed Israel in the very first verse has itself disappeared in the last verse of the chapter. The Babylonian Empire that conquered Jerusalem was eventually overthrown by the Persian Empire under King Cyrus. But Daniel and all his people survived. So we see the Babylonian king now is in charge under his name is Nebuchadnezzar. Wow, what a long name. Nebuchadnezzar. He took over Jerusalem. Beautiful city of God. Jerusalem annexed it, took it over. And what he did was carted Daniel off to Babylon. And that's exactly the place that Daniel did not want to be. His second choice world. He wanted to be in Jerusalem. Although it was taken over. But what was wrong with Jerusalem? The culture of the Babylonians were very foreign to him. It's food. There's no like a snook and chips there. Language. The gods were all alien to him. The job he eventually assigned to him was one that he did not want. Handling Babylon's administration. Praise God for all the amazing admin folk we have right here in PBC. Especially the ones that came back from America and also helped us lead worship. So Daniel had another job. He had to respond to the dreams, the whims of these foolish kings that he served. This was Daniel's life, not very lacquer. And Babylon was not even Daniel's second choice world. He had actually no choice at all. He was captured and he was forced to go to Babylon. So we think that our second choice world is bad. Daniel had no choice at all. And there are people today that live in a no choice world. People have no choice what to eat, where to live, what job, if jobs are available. It's very difficult for people that live in this no-choice world. Some also don't have a choice of church because it's illegal, potentially because of persecution. In the mission group that I work with, uh, we've put a spotlight on a region in Africa called the Sahel. The Sahel stretches from Senegal in West Africa all the way to Eritrea, which you know was part of Ethiopia in East Africa. And we call that band in the Sahel the least reached people. I was talking to Mary, our director of this entire region, sitting in Niger, and she said, wow, God is doing amazing things. Muslim folk are coming in droves to Jesus just through Bible study alone. We need help in the Sahel. Now, in mission work, there's something called same and near culture. That means I'm from a far culture. It's very difficult for me to go there and to learn the language, but it's easier for people from same and near culture to be able then to help Mary and her team. But she also said that in some cases, 
when Muslims turn to become Christians, men from other villages will just come and take those families away. What do they do? What do they do when the families are taken away? Something I got no answer to. I don't have any experience of being persecuted for my faith, having issues with my family, being taken away. Wow. These folk live in a no-choice world. What can we do for them? We can pray. We can pray for them because this is the body of Christ. And this morning you heard Hillary talking about the potential war situation in Ukraine, Russia. What can we do? We pray. But we also have missionaries that we send. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Is this what PBC is? A house of prayer for all nations? So we are not so bad in our second choice worlds. But somehow, somehow, second choice worlds can be seen as home for second best people. Daniel insists that second choice worlds are not for the weak, for the inferior people, not for the second best people. Second choice worlds are what we just sang about in the beautiful music theme this morning. Second choice worlds are arenas for God to show His greatness and to demonstrate His greatness through His church, through His people, you and I. The second choice world that we live in is a place for God to show the power of His love to each one of us personally, very intimately, our loving Abba Father, Daddy, is here again this morning by His Spirit. This is the arena that He wants to show that love toward us, His church, His people, so that we can pray and show that love to other parts of the world that is lost and dying and going into a Christless eternity. God wants to show us His beautiful love. Whatever we have failed in, in life, whatever we lack in, whatever we are insecure in, whatever we struggle in, God knows our hearts. He sees this world because Jesus too came to a second-choice world. He wants to demonstrate His love toward us. He knows all about it. He suffered personally. So He identifies very clearly where you and I are in our second-choice world. Our weakness can become our strength. Our weaknesses can also become our testimony and our ministry as well. My testimony was never about my struggles with drugs or alcohol or abuse. As a teen and as a young adult, I did not struggle with financial issues. Although it was the 80s, it was a difficult time, the Lord was so faithful in, in, in providing. I never wanted more education. I had everything I ever wanted. A beautiful, loving family. Fa family that blessed us and took us overseas for holidays a couple times a year, not just once. As a young guy, I had three motor cars. I don't know why I had three cars. But as a single guy, you know, I had the best of everything. 
But on the outside, everything looks so amazingly perfect. So you'll ask now, so what's the problem? Everything was so great in your life, Adrian. What's really the problem? On the inside, my biggest issue, my struggle was simple. Emptiness. I was just a guy to everybody else who had everything under the sun. Really, truly, I had everything. But on the inside, I was just empty. Even being in a great relationship with a lovely girl at the time of singleness. But I, it still left me feeling empty. I eventually uh, broke up that relationship and poor thing, not her fault. Um, nothing about her. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Only I knew that I needed more of Jesus in my life. Only I knew that. Going to church, doing all the church stuff was not enough. I had to have the life that Jesus had for me. Not the life that I wanted to create in my ideal, my first choice world. I wanted this life that my Savior, Jesus Christ, had prepared for me in advance, waiting for me to gently receive His Spirit and walk into this life. I then took some drastic steps. I mean, really, I just started to give away clothes, money, food. I sold two of the, the three cars you will know because I only needed one. <laughs> I started to not just read, study my Bible. And, and I realized that my second choice world became an arena for God's greatness. For His greatness. His power of His love. To take over my life. And you know people talk about life verses. And things that really speak to you. Well one of the shortest verses became my life verse. John 3 and verse 30. Simply says. He must become greater. I must become less. Another version will say. He must increase. And I must decrease. That's all. Because I knew. All the pride that I had in my heart. I knew I was self-reliant. I knew I was independent from everybody else. I knew. All the resources that I had as a young guy growing up. I knew all of this stuff. But I never knew that my heart is an arena for God's greatness. For the power of His love to come flooding like this morning we heard. The waterfall flooding right deep into my life. I didn't know that until I received the Spirit of God. See the folks, there's a, there's a place in our hearts... That's just reserved for Jesus. And only Jesus can fill that space. Nothing else, no one else can fill that space. And when He does that, then we are fulfilled. And we can live out the purposes of God for our lives. And be right there in the center of our world. Doing what God created us to do together with Him in mission and ministry. So our second choice world reminds us that this big world that we live in is also a world that is shattered by sin and rebellion. Just like Daniel, his world was exactly the same. His world was shattered, totally destroyed. He was carted off into a place he did not want to be. And we can learn from him how we can face up to life in our second choice world and allow God the Holy Spirit whom we received this morning. And please don't ever leave this space this morning if you have not allowed the gentle, beautiful, holy, holy, 
Holy Spirit of God to come and take over our lives. And we can enjoy living the life of Jesus through us, empowered by His Holy Spirit. Daniel teaches us that places of second choice can be first class if we persevere and we hunger and we thirst after God and His Spirit and His Word. Now somehow, just somehow, we might still be thinking at the back of our minds that we just wish that we could have a little bit more of our first choice world. If only we, we could have had a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. Somehow, the thought is always there. Just that extra something, you know that's missing. So let's look at some fantasies of our first choice world. Fantasy number one, if I walk closely with God, he will give me my first choice world. If we walk closely with God, we wouldn't need our first choice world. God blesses us, not because of anything we do, but because of who He is. He can't help Himself. He's a God of love. He's going to bless us anyway, just to cooperate with Him. Number two, in our first choice world, I just will be so happy. Happiness is not found in possessions. I'll just share that with you. It's all temporary. <laughs> Real joy comes from God, irrespective of what we have or what we don't have. In times of need, in times of trouble, in times of rejoicing. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, one of it is joy. There's only one fruit, but many flavors. <laughs> one fruit, many flavors. One of the flavors is joy will always remain irrespective of what we are going through. And then in my first choice world, I will be secure. Remember, I got all the stuff. I'll be very secure. And some people do find that, you know, the security is in possessions and in things, in titles, accomplishments, heritage, etc., etc. Well, according to Colossians 1.27, our security is purely in Jesus. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm secure in Jesus. Come, let the world come at me. People, say things, do things, fine. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Jesus is in me. He's greater. I'm secure in him. I can do anything. Our family verse for this year is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Philippians 4 and verse 13 is what we chose as a theme. At the end of the year, as a family, in the last week after Christmas and New Year, we sit down and we document our top 10 as a family. I mean, there's many things, but we just take 10 things. Each one in the family says, all right, what, what do you want to thank and praise God for as a top 10? So from the, the day uh, Joshua was born in 2006, every year we document what is our top 10, just to thank and praise God for all those things that He has so blessed us with. So we see that if we want to go forward by faith, we look at God's love historically, His faithfulness helps us to press on forward, and we can claim the truth and the promises of His Holy Word. Fantasy number four, in my first choice world, I will be able to walk closely with God. And us humans have a tendency to be far from God. Unfortunately, we walk away from God and He pursues us. And He's the one who, who draws us to Him and we come close to Him. And sometimes we're far from God when things are then going well. Everything is great. So we tend to be a bit further away from God. We need to be walking closely with God in our daily situation, whatever it might be. 
things are going well and one of my favorite times of chilling out, chillaxing, relaxing is with God on camp or walking the canal or going out to the forest. That Every day, this is what I really enjoy and people wonder, why do you love walking your dog so much when you've got two kids? Free child labor. Say, no, that's my time to connect with God. I love it. The dog has no clue. <laughs> I am enjoying it because I am daily walking with God, going through challenges, issues. I know what's coming up in my work day, handling things all across uh, our mission organization and what to do. Walking with God, where I find my security, I find my peace right there. Whatever it is, I'm still walking with Him because I know He's holding my hand. The first step is taken by Him, not by me, in helping me. Fortunately, stories like Daniel... Help us not to live in the fantasy world, but help us to live and face up to life as it really is. So Daniel was a victim, a helpless captive in a, in a foreign land with foreign people in a foreign culture. And what did he do? He embraced life as it is. Instead of complaining, he took a hold of life in Babylon. Let me read for you verse 3 again. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. Wow. Let's understand that Daniel was to teach them, the locals, the language and the literature of the Babylonians. So he had to embrace what was before him for him then to teach the locals. And this reminds me of an amazing uh, language story that I went to Thailand on a summer camp. And... Um, you know, it's so amazing because in the Thai culture, there's always lots of big speeches. So after our camp, I as a leader had to say thank you. Um, you know, for, and in, it's Thailand, lots of fruit, fruit and more fruit. Beautiful. There's no time to eat any other food but fruit. And so we were very thankful and I said to the principal of the, the school, thank you for your hospitality. And how did she reply in this language story? No pressure. Pleasure. No pressure. It was... Great to hospitalize you. <laughs> and, and you know how I can hold a straight face. <laughs> but that day, no. <laughs> the language learning might not be very easy, irrespective of whether you're principal or wherever you are. But going in to learn a language is simply a difficult task. God made it that way for us to humble ourselves and to really appreciate others for whatever language they speak. For Daniel, language and literature study was demanding. But it was essential if there was going to be breakthrough. He was going to respond to the opportunities afforded to him in Babylon. And this meant learning the culture, the language. A few years ago when I was in Japan, and I got another wonderful Japanese story to tell you. But let me say that it's very difficult to impress Japanese people. You know, they make amazing stuff. They're so meticulous. They're so perfect in everything they do. It comes out in their watches and their cars, etc. But I met a, a local American guy who married a Japanese lady. And he said, the only way for me to impress Japanese is to teach them their culture. This is where it came from. He said, in this uh, modern day, the new Japanese uh, younger generation forgetting about their past and their history. So I come in. 
In the university, I teach the young people about their very own culture and heritage. And that's the way I get to teach them something about the Word of God. So if we are going to flourish in our second choice world, we have to understand that Babylon, in a sense, is our second choice world. And I'm so thankful that uh, we, we, we learn other languages. We sing in other languages. I mean, folk don't believe that you know, my English wife can sing in Afrikaans, Isi Klosa, and, <laughs> and some other languages from Zimbabwe that Joel and Jason has brought in. It's just fantastic to see that in these languages, we're actually worshiping God. That's what we are doing. And it's brilliant that we are taking the opportunities to learn, to appreciate, to understand, and to embrace all languages, all cultures, all people. If we are going to flourish in our second choice world, we have to understand what kind, what sort of Babylon is the second choice world really is. And there's three environments to understand. I want to end with this. The first environment we need to understand is our immediate world. Our immediate world is a world filled with broken people. Broken world, broken people, both Christians and non-Christians alike. And we, the followers of Christ, are entrusted with an amazing responsibility just to share to everybody the hope and the healing that we find in Jesus Christ. I could have never stood here and tell you that I was an empty boy unless Jesus came into my life and filled it. So I got a, a, a testimony to tell people because I know. I know where people are at when you, when you speak to them. We know when insecurity comes out. We know when things come out. We know there's an emptiness that only Jesus can fill. So we do have a story to share if we are truthful, if we are honest, if we are willing to be open and transparent. And we'll be able to see that whatever brokenness, faults, failures, weaknesses, that Jesus is the only one who can actually bring health, strength and healing to us. And in the Japanese culture, again, there's something called kintsuki. Kintsuki. That means it's the Japanese art of putting back together broken ceramic pottery pieces. I only wish I had my PowerPoint or, or, or had an illustration to show you. So if you take this bowl that just broke and it's in two or three pieces, kintsuki, which means joining with gold, comes into play. The Japanese would, would take a lacquer, not lacquer, a lacquer, <laughs> and they'll mix this lacquer with gold powder. The gold powder with this lacquer makes a lovely filling. They fill these pieces in this ceramic, uh, ceramic pot. And, and what happens is, after it's glued together, you will see this, the cracks being filled with gold. And it actually looks beautiful. But what they would do, they wouldn't turn it around to hide those cracks. They would beautifully show it off. They'll actually show this beautiful irregular lines that has been repaired and after it's actually repaired it would remind them that something that was once broken can still be so beautiful and once it's repaired it is stronger in those places that it was broken that's exactly what makes it more beautiful the place that was broken it becomes stronger and it's shown off and now the price of that bowl increases because it's filled with gold powder. Amazing. What a lovely picture to share how our brokenness, our broken world, 
how Jesus has healed us. And now we can stand in front and tell everybody, it's cool, no worries. Jesus has done this for me. I'm proud. And I know that I'm, I can stand and testify because that's the power of the healing. That's the power of what Jesus has done. Kind Suki, you go home and you Google this and you'll see amazing pottery pieces with lovely pictures of how everything now is suddenly back together. But what they never talk about it's Jesus and our hearts that needs the greatest healing that is broken. The next environment for us to understand is our own Christian community. What is my role in my church? How can I serve my church? And I think, as Hillary said earlier on, the steering team is plotting their way to help us um, as a church, as a group. Uh, how do we move forward? We pray, but we know that every day will not be a perfectly still day like this. Our winters will be coming soon. What do we do and how do we as a church? And so that means whatever we do as a church, we need to serve each other. And there'll be lots of opportunities and roles for us all to serve each other. And so the third environment for, for us to understand is actually to understand ourselves. And the, the best way to understand ourselves is to go to the scriptures. And I'll take 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. Let me read it for us. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, but you, that's me, each one of us, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful, marvelous, amazing light. Wow, that's who we are right there. 1 Peter 2, 9. Lovely verse to print out, put up in our offices, in our bedrooms, in our homes. So people know when they're coming to our homes who we are. It's right there. Telling, communicating. One of the things I got in, in my home is a beautiful verse. But many people who don't know us will think we are Muslim. Because it's in beautiful Arabic script. So people think, oh, this must be a Muslim guy. No, it's John 3:16 in Arabic. And then on the other side, you will see another verse in Chinese. So all of this is scripture, telling people who we are. So we welcome Arabic, Chinese, anyone who can read any language to know who we are as a people of God, declaring His praises. I want to end with the last point five. It says that Daniel was good at listening to his environment that he was in, which we know is his second choice world. Hmm. He did not ask why me to God. He just asked why questions. The difference about why me, as you already know, it's about the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. But why questions? As you know, um, one of the amazing pastors said, um, you know, when you ask why, you're asking to understand things. So in all you're getting, get understanding. Just like the children of Issachar, who understood the times. When we understand why God has put us into the second choice world, then we will embrace it like Daniel did. And everybody will notice that we're not just surviving in this world. We are thriving. We are people who have meaning, we have purpose, who have hope. We know what we're all about because we know who we serve and where we're going, what God has for us. The biggest reason why people will will actually notice it, it came out in our pre-service prayer this morning is in verse 8. And this is the turning point verse in Daniel chapter 1. But Daniel resolved 
not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Wow. Daniel, who didn't have Romans 12 and verse 2, knew what the Apostle Paul would write, not to conform ourselves to the patterns and standards of this world. He chose not to defile himself with this royal food and wine and everything else that was on offer. So he chose to go against the tide. That's our job as Christians, followers of Jesus. We go against the world, against the tide. And although Daniel was in his second choice world, God's favor was still upon him and caused him to prosper and to look better than men his age. Now I know we came out of a time of prayer and fasting very recently and uh, I was personally convicted that although prayer and fasting is not over, we know prayer doesn't stop. Fasting also doesn't stop. But I can pray fast. <laughs> but I, I, you know, selective hearing kicks in when God says something I don't really like it. <laughs> so I'm challenged to continue uh, fasting for the remainder of this year. Pick a certain day, fast a certain thing, and I really am starting to see the difference. Um, just by saying, yes, Lord, I choose to fast and to pray and to humble myself. And that enables me to embrace that which I want to push away. That tough stuff in my second choice world, very easily I want to pray it away in Jesus' name. <laughs> it doesn't go away. It's meant there to do something for me, to teach me, to help me, to humble me. And therefore, I want to end by by saying that our first choice worlds are fantasy worlds. I just dreamlands. That's we what we were doing earlier. Just dreaming. We can go through much of our lives trying to work hard to create this uh, first choice world. This perfect world. But all it will end in is disappointment and discouragement. And I've been through that so very many times. And there are times in my life I still want to try a little bit and try just and, and, and find a verse as well. And I'm very good at justifying with the verses as well. But the Lord is very clear in saying, no, you don't need that. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, you don't really need that. It's okay. You can do without it. Do something else with that time and with that money. And I really then be able to see that that's where I start to embrace what God has prepared for me in the second choice world. So therefore, let's uh, embrace the second choice world that God has put us in because it's an arena for God to show His greatness in our lives, for Him to perform His miracles in us and through us to a lost and dying world. So what was the letter that God delivered to you today? Have you received that letter from Jesus? It's a love letter. I want to bless you as you go into this week ahead, meditating on how much that love letter from Jesus is pertinent to your week and giving away the love letter from Jesus to those you meet in the week ahead. And so I bless you as you go into your world and be Jesus in your world. Join us for coffee. And if you'd like prayer, you're welcome to ask for it. <laughs>